the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you. What an incredible day. I got to tell you, I've been thinking all day about what to talk with you about. I've just been thinking about how fired up I am. And, you know, yesterday we sort of did a little celebratory dance with uh, General Flynn. Looks like the Court of Appeals is going to get him, you know, out from under, direct the judge to move on. And it's good, right? It's all good. And um, and uh, I, I was excited about that all day. And then I started reading more specifically. And what I want to talk to you about right now, and, and we're going to talk in a few moments with uh, the uh, with a um, reporter who deserves a lot of credit. She runs UncoverDC.com. Her name is, her name is Tracy Beans, and uh, at Tracy Beans on Twitter. And she does great analysis and reporting on lots of stuff, but especially the Flynn matter. So we'll talk to her in a few minutes. But um, here's the thing. The story that's not being covered, and I just went again before I got on the air with you all, it's not being covered on any of the big, uh, no, nowhere, no big, no big main street, you know, fake newsers are covering the actual real story. Now, Fox News is covering it a little bit. Drudge is barely covering it because he's lost his mind. Breitbart is covering it. Um, but, and it's this, the specifics now that are so clear of the Peter Strzok notes the FBI agent Peter Strzok's notes from the meeting on January 4th, 2017 in the White House and the following people are in the meeting. Peter Strzok, James Comey, FBI director, Sally Yates, deputy attorney general, Joe Biden and, and Barack Obama. There might have been other people there, but the notes from Peter Strzok, the FBI agent. And the thing about this that you have to understand is, you know, what people say in the law and in evidence and things is contemporaneous recordings of what you heard are the most reliable for obvious reasons. Right. Obviously, if you if you sit down and you make a recording of, you know, I I just had a great time at uh, my, um, you know, my wedding. And here's some of the things that happened in great conversations. What you remember at the time, two hours after an event is more likely to be accurate than what it is when you think about it three months later, obviously. But in terms of writing down notes, it's also sort of um, hard to make up lies when you're taking notes at the same time. So if you recall, Peter Strzok later had to revise his notes from his meeting with Flynn into a 302 memo. That's what it's called in the FBI. And the memo was redacted and changed and edited and made to sound what he wanted to. And in that, he was probably lying. We haven't found it yet. But these are just handwritten notes from a meeting. And so they, they have a certain reliability is how you think about it. And, and I got to think, you know, someone could jump up and say, oh, no, he's lying about Biden. Seems unlikely that he would be lying about Biden. So here's how the exchange goes. Comey says, according to the notes in this meeting, that the Flynn meet, the Flynn call with the ambassador of Russia is legitimate. It's legitimate. It's not a grounds for anything. And everyone's like, oh, too bad, it sounds like. So first of all, isn't that like the first smoking gun? Because think about it. The, the, the entire premise of the Russia hoax was that it started with Flynn and it was supposed to be this collusion, right? That was the center of this. And from this moment forward, January 4th, 2017, Comey, Yates, Biden, Obama, 
And then by extension, Clapper, Brennan, all those people know it's all a lie. And for years until now, they still lie about it. They go on TV, they get paid to do books, and they lie about it. And they spread the word, Senator Mark Warner, the Intelligence Committee Chair of the Senate, he would have known it was a lie. Schiff would have known it, a lie, would have known it was a lie from the House of the Committee. So from that moment on, there's a, this is like the smoking gun that Comey knew the Flynn thing wasn't legitimate. And, and they're literally, from then on, they're just all playing along. Think about how breathtaking it is that they're willing to lie about it for so long. Now, the two, the, two, the, two, the two answers to why is one is they're totally deranged, Trump deranged, and they can't, they're blinded. Or the second is they're just evil actors. But it doesn't matter which is true. It just matters what they did. And they lied for years and tore the country apart, aided by the fake newsers that ran it all and divided us. I mean, this is a horrendous thing. And then, soon after that moment in this meeting, according to Strzok's notes, no one is disputing the notes. Strzok hasn't emerged from his, uh, under his rock to say, oh, no, those weren't my notes. Those were a dream I had two days later when I was, you know, having a, an affair with my mistress, uh, a page, Lisa Page. No, no, he's not said anything. The next part of it is Biden suggests with 40 years in the Senate and seven years in the vice president's office, a knowledge of the swamp, a knowledge that no one's ever been uh, uh, prosecuted successfully for the Logan Act violation. No one, this idea the Logan Act is supposed to stop people, you know, it's like it's from the 1800s, stop individual citizens from negotiating treaties and contracts with other nations as if that's what Flynn was doing. And it's already been said it's legitimate. So Biden says Logan Act. And everybody goes, oh, okay, Logan Act. The vice, the vice president's telling us that direction. Okay, got it. And then Obama says, let's put the right people on this. Now, at this point, please understand, and this is what I want you to know. I mean, it's so important that when you have accrued that much power, it's a kind of habit of power. If you meet someone who assumes an executive position, maybe as a CEO of a company or a governor, I knew a governor, I worked as chief of staff to a governor, or I suspect a president, the first period when they get all that uh, power and that prestige and the, the sort of role, it takes a while. But after a certain amount of time, they get good at it. And if they're a jerk, they get to be a jerk. But if they're good people and they're balanced, they get really good at it. You get good at making decisions and being in charge. It's a kind of, it's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a very, on one level, it's a very intoxicating thing. On another level, it's very mentally draining. You're making a lot of decisions, making assessments. But seven years into being president, almost eight, president, Obama and Biden know exactly how to do this. And when they say Logan Act, use the right people, they're sending the signal to keep this thing going. They're sending the signal on how to go forward. And think about the, the insanity of these people, Comey, Yates, Strzok, who do not believe that they work for the constitutional office, but for the individuals. And they spend the rest of their time, years, trying to, uh, uh, trying to uh, accomplish this coup. It's extraordinary details. And, and what you need to know is it's being ignored by the press. It's being ignored by the mainstream politicians. And remember this, at the heart of this whole Flynn thing now is the very simple fact that had Flynn been compelled to do a plea deal, all of this would have not just been under seal to be looked at in 40 years when a historian went at it would have disappeared. Because you never have a, a, there's no record that accrues when you plead guilty. If someone says, you did this, did you do it? Yes, I plead guilty. That's the end of it. There's no debate on whether they entrapped you or anything. You've already said you did it. 
And so all of this involvement, all of these documents, all of this stuff would have disappeared, which is reason why Flynn, I've got um, a Mueller and Weissman and all the people in charge of the a Mueller investigation always wanted plea deals. They wanted to squeeze everybody, whether Corsi, uh, Stone, everybody. They want to squeeze you into plea deals because they know it ends any scrutiny of how this thing got to where it was. But what you need to know now is this thing is not going to reach back to Obama. It's there. It's not going to reach back to Biden. It's there. And Biden, I mean, again, I told you I started a webinar yesterday on, uh, for my work, the Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And the webinar is a weekly webinar, seven weeks. It's called The Problem of Chinese Communism. Uh, excuse me, Problem of Communist China, the Second Cold War. And I talked yesterday in the webinar just about the communists. And one of the characteristics, a starting characteristic, is they're immoral. They don't believe in morality. They don't believe in honoring their word. Di- they don't believe in truth and justice. They're immoral. It's pure power. They don't care about people. It's power and means to the end. This is the way this works. When you see Joe Biden, who in the last six weeks has gone on at least two television shows I can think of, but one I can picture. He's gone with George Stephanopoulos, and Stephanopoulos says, well, Flynn, were you involved in that? Oh, I don't know nothing about it. No, nothing about it. People played it back today. He's lying. He's, he's not only lying... I mean, he's he's not just lying about knowing about the Flynn thing. He was involved in it. He was directing it. He was influential in key decisions. And he's just lying to us. And, you know, it's like the little boy that cried wolf or one of those other lessons. Once you realize that somebody will lie about the use of power and the abuse of power, you don't have to go far, dreaming far, to see what they'll be like if they get to be in office and power again. They'll be worse. Unbelievable. What you need to know is what came out, Flynn's deal yesterday was a big deal, but what came out in those Strzok notes, it, it should be absolutely shattering. We'll see if it is, but it should be to the future, to the, the, any legacy of, 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 of Obama, any future for Biden. Unbelievable. Incredible. Take a look at it. All right. We're going to, the end of the show today, uh, later on in the show, we're going to talk about Parler, Rahim Kassam, Carpe Donctum, a few other things on social media, the Facebook uh, uh, release by Project Veritas, another expose, unbelievable. So uh, stick around for that. We'll take another, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Come on back. This is the Pro America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. You know, our next guest, we had her on the program a few, uh, maybe weeks ago or months ago. She's um, the, She operates UncoverDC.com. And, you know, in this world where we see Project Veritas has these unbelievable breaking uh, videos and, and James O'Keefe does his work and other things, um, Tracy Beans has been with UncoverDC.com, been basically the best one of the best journalists around at covering what's happening and tracy i'll tell you what the best compliment i can offer anyone is i was on a phone call with general mike flynn and his brother joe and we're talking about different things and we're talking about the future and general flynn said he said you know and tracy she's really good at this you know she really good and i said tracy who because i didn't know it was african middle we're you know talking and he said tracy beans you know that uncover dc.com so there you have Hi. it you know general flynn was appreciative of all your good work. But if you go to the site right now, everybody, you'll see coverage of the things I've been talking about. I, in my opening today, I talked about stuff that no media is covering, and Tracy's got it there. So first of all, welcome, Tracy. Congratulations on General Flynn thinking you're good. That's a big deal. 
that is a big deal. How wonderful of a compliment is that? Thank you. I'm like beat red now. <laughs> I figured I knew I told I told you I'd make you happy. But now let me t- let me ask you about that. You've watched this case and you've covered all the different aspects of this case. UncoverDC.com has and your people, you know, as you put it together. And it's just twisted and turned all around. Right. And we're sort of to the end. But I guess even for the jaded journalists or jaded political types like me, it's it's kind of stunning. And it's not kind of it's stunning how deep it goes. I mean, you, you, these notes now from Strzok about this thing. I mean, uh, as you pull back and you're trying you to put your hat, a journalist hat off, and you put it down and say, how did this happen in America? Isn't it stunning to you? It's disgusting. And the worst thing is, is that when you think it's bad, it gets worse. It really does. And, right. you know, just the hubris of these folks to, to think that they could write stuff like this down and, and still get away with it. You know, Bill Priestap literally wrote, what's our goal to get Flynn to lie? I mean, this is how this is how sure of themselves these folks were. And thank goodness for this case, because honestly, as hard as it's been for General Flynn and his family, it has really exposed so much. If if he had not retained Sidney Powell, we would have not ever known any of this. It is amazing, and I and I think that's right. They, one of the, the one of the uh, secrets of this is that Sidney Powell, when someone writes this sort of history of how he was able, General Flynn was able to make the decision to get to, you know, fire his lawyers and get to her, which was the pivotal moment in a way. It, it's another whole, uh, it's another whole story. All right, Tracy, what's the um, what's the biggest uh, story right now when you see? Because I know you watch it, the media, what the, the fake news, what they don't cover, and then your uncover uh, DC dot com. What's the biggest one that they're missing that they're ignoring? If you had to. I know it's a funny question, but the media is ignoring uh, and you're saying, hey, what about this? It's, it's definitely actually right now, as of today, what happened yesterday with the release of the Peter Strzok notes and the, and the appeals court in General Flynn. You know, none of the major networks outside of Fox talked about this at all. And it goes straight up to a major presidential candidate in Joe Biden. I mean, Joe Biden was involved in this. He has not been faced with a question yet that I've seen. And he lied the last time he was asked. Um, outside of that, there's also more tapes being released um, on, you know, sort of secret recordings that were done between Joe Biden and former president of Ukraine. And they are showing the, that the CIA was involved over there with their elections. Uh, president thanking Joe Biden for, for his intel guys coming over. Um, they show bribery and, you know, the, the threat of bribery. Huh. And so that's being ignored as well. Wow, I I hadn't even seen it. See, that's why I'm glad we have. We're talking with Tracy Beans, who is the, I guess, the founder and the editor. Is that the title for you at UncoverDC.com? Doesn't matter what your title is. You got a million things going. Um, what about this uh, piece up there on the um, uh, that there's this this Perkins Coey, which is a sort of if you know the politics, it's a well known sort of insider Democrat law firm, and it, it looks like in 2016 they were ramping up. And this this seems apropos now because suddenly you're hearing Biden and others say, oh, the elections, no one's going to you know, abide by the elections. Well, it looks like in 2016, this law firm was ramping up to sort of uh, fight the validity of the election or to, I mean, tell me what you're seeing in this. Yeah, so Perkins Coy hired Fusion GPS and Fusion GPS hired Christopher Steele, who wrote the dossier. Um, and uh-huh. in June of 2016 is when, when he was hired. And Perkins Coy, I guess, was hiring Fusion GPS, they say, to be able to have some legal validity to challenge the outcome of the 2016 election. And that was revealed 
in a court case overseas against Orbis, the company that Christopher Steele founded. Um, they wrote in these court papers that they were working for Fusion GPS to be able to provide them with information that would allow the DNC to challenge the outcome of the election. Um, that was in June of 2016. So put it on the timeline and think about where that falls. You have to, and, and, nope. and what, what I tell people right now is, um, in 2016, you have to go back in your mind and think to your, you have to go back in time and, and rack your memory. They, they thought they were going to win. So they, they actually were, they thought they were going to win and they did a lot of things. But when it came to the actual election, they really weren't, I, I think, doing all the things they could have done to, to steal the election or to muck it up or to make it crazy. This time, whether it's Twitter knocking off uh, conservative voices in the last couple of days or, you know, Facebook making clear where their preferences are or, you know, the uh, move to do mail in balloting. We had someone on the show earlier, 100 percent mail in balloting in different places. I mean, they're moving with dispatch to not take another chance. And so I guess the question in, in my mind is where where's the next uh, series of, 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 you know, kind of efforts going to come from? What about Joe Biden, Tracy? I mean, you're a journalist. You watch this. We're talking again with Tracy Beans, Uncover uh, DC.com. Can he really get away with operating from his basement? I mean, is the media going to let I guess they are going to let him get away with this? Yeah, it doesn't seem as though there'll be any pressure on him. And I think that part of making the campaign, um, I'm sorry, the convention, the DNC virtual is another feather in that cap to allow him to continue to claim that he can't leave and he doesn't want to be out in public. And he rarely speaks to anyone. Anytime he goes anywhere, there's, the, you know, there's five or six people with, you know, at the at the event. It's really paltry. And, you know, the unrest that's going on all over the country is another tool they're using to kind of mess with elections, believe it or not. So there's like a multifaceted thing going on with the media focused on all of that. They never, very rarely bring up Joe Biden. Every time he talks, there's a gaffe. It's, it's very, it's, it's, I'm surprised they're going to nominate him. Well, it, people wonder about that and they say something can happen. But here's the, here's the thing that actually I think is really, uh, if you, if you care, if you, if you, if you're like me and you hope that, uh, President Trump wins again, <clears throat> then this is really important. The, the media is propping up Joe Biden and telling him the polls are great. And, and I know people are saying, well, they're going to replace him. They'll put in somebody else and all. But if you're Joe Biden, you've spent your whole career thinking you're going to be president. You're not going to yield when they're telling you you're up in the polls. You're not going to say, oh, good. I'll step aside now. No, he's going to say, I'll be in there. And if I'm only one term or I'm a caretaker, it doesn't matter. I'll be president. And the polls are wrong. I'm sure they're wrong. And it's also not the election day yet. Uh, but I think the polls telling him he's doing better means it's even less likely that he'll step aside. And but I guess here's what here's a question, Tracy, your your assessment after observing politics and, and, and things. Will there be debates? You know, will there actually be no. three presidential no. debates? That's a really great question you asked, because I was just debating this with a good friend of mine the other day. They <laughs> don't think so. And I couldn't really counter him too much on it. I don't know if they will put him up against President Trump. I just don't know. I mean, they haven't been announced yet. It, it's 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 almost July. It's almost July. No, no, they have been they have they, they, they have been announced. They, they, no, they have been announced. There's been I know um, the University of Michigan was supposed to hire a debate, host a debate, and they just declined because of the coronavirus, and so that one's being mo supposedly being moved to Florida. But the the first debate, it, this is important. I, this is my argument. I'm glad you. I'm glad I asked you, and, and we can talk I about didn't it. See this, but so, the yeah. first debate. 
Yeah, the first debate is at is supposed to be at the University of Notre Dame in Indiana. Now, Catholic school, all this tradition, but more importantly, Father John Jenkins, the president of Notre Dame, who's a liberal, he's a left leaning president of Notre Dame, a priest. He is the is on the commission for presidential debates and has been for about five years. So he's invested in that world heavily, and I don't think that Notre Dame will blink on hosting a debate. I think they'll figure it out. But and and I don't think Biden can resist going to Notre Dame because he's Joe Catholic. He likes to talk about it. I mean, he's, he's against almost every position the Catholics have. But so at least that one, I wonder if that will take place. But I don't know. Maybe, you know, as you say, they may not want to put him on a stage at all. So we'll see. It might be the first campaign, presidential campaign in history where we don't get to see one of the candidates, but for two minute clips. Yeah, and that might be that might be his only chance to win. That might be his only chance to win. So that may be it. All right. I got to run. Thank you, Tracy Beans, for uh, doing so much good work over at UncoverDC.com. Everybody should check it out. And uh, for your uh, for your records, uh, you know, for your files, General Flynn's appreciation of your good work is about as good as it gets. So thanks. Have a great day. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Tracy. We'll take another quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be right back. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. You know, I'm always looking across the country. We're looking for those people who are stepping up and getting things done in our local communities. So uh, you've heard our friend, uh, Representative Tammy Nichols from Idaho, who is out there fighting a good fight. She got through her primary. They ran a they ran a uh, clean fingernail moderate against her in the primary, and she won, which is really cool. But she pointed me towards another guy who uh, won his primary to serve in the Idaho House. His name is Ben Adams. He's an Afghanistan war veteran Marine, and uh, he's a young guy. Jeez, he's really young. He's uh, he's been uh, advocating for veterans, and you know, one of the things we've talked a number of times: bring our troops home. Us, which is a an effort to uh, make sure that uh, our policymakers are understanding that we don't want to fight wars forever. And it's a very cool group, cross section. If you go look on their website, bringourtroopshome.com, you see you know uh, veterans for Trumps on there. The ACLU is on there. It's folks that are saying, hey, how do we honor the men and women that are serving? Serving, make sure they're, uh, we've got things right. So, first of all, welcome Ben Adams to the program. How are you, sir? I am doing fantastic. I appreciate you having me on. Well, you know, Ben, and, and I'll say Ben Adams for Idaho.com. You can check out his website. I'll put it up on social media. Check him out and, and get, I love to get involved with folks who are, are fighting the good fight. But Ben, first, as a veteran, you know, when you were getting involved with, uh, with this, this organization that was bring our troops home, you know, kind of why would, you know, my brother's a Marine. I think I told you off the air and he, you know, veterans are a very, especially veterans of these wars. They're very tight in a way. They, they, you know, they, they've experienced a version of hell and they don't take it you know they don't they don't look uh lightly on it and you know this is this bring our troops home was being clear you had a mission that was a little different than just regular talking about help the vets you know you're saying get american involvement pulled back how how why'd you get involved how did it work out how does it how is it to be involved in that yeah um so i got involved i met uh the founder dan mcknight and had the privilege of being on the first uh, panel that that we hosted here in Idaho, and in the the concept that I've that I've approached it to, it's a foreign policy issue. Um, how we, you know, how how our foreign policy is handled, and after 20 years, 
um, virtually being in Afghanistan, uh, and I'll, I'll speak specifically to Afghanistan, but um, what we see is not worth a, a candle to what we put into it. Uh, mm-hmm. so throwing good money after bad is usually a, a poor choice. And, you know, there are, there are lots of other factors that go into it, but fundamentally that the, the general move from, okay, we, we understand that if we are fiscally conservative that we cannot wage perpetual war. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're talking with Ben Adams, who is, I guess, do you have a, do you have a general election? Is there a Democrat in your, in your uh, race, or is it, a, is it a pretty safe Republican seat? It's a pretty safe Republican seat. There is no Democrat running uh, in okay. the general, which, which in my race, which makes it a little more, uh, yeah. a little more comforting. It's a little easier to- yeah, a little easier down the stretch. So, so let me ask you about that. You're running for office, and you finally are on the ballot. This is your first time running, is it this time? That's correct. This is my first time. All right. So you've Jump never done this before, and, and lo and behold, w- with everything that's happened, you end up with a primary election that's a hundred percent mail-in ballots. Now, I, that was that was because of the coronavirus, right? So how how did you adjust to that as a candidate and and, and in the election? This hun- mail-in ballots it scares the heck out of me. How did it work? Yeah, uh, you know, so it started like any other campaign, uh, going door to door, and but that only lasted for a couple of weeks uh, mm-hmm. before we went into COVID lockdown. Uh, we had a stay-at-home order here in Idaho, and once that switched, we moved over to finding any other way we could get a hold of people, whether it was by phone or by mail. Um, you know, there's a there's a big question right now here in Idaho on, oh, well, you know, it seemed to go pretty good. Um, but from what I hear uh, from constituents that have reached out to me, some people, you know, they haven't missed a vote in 25 years. And this is the first time they didn't uh, get to vote because of some mm-hmm. mailing error or something like that. Right. Those, those are the outliers. The Canyon County Clerk's Office did a fantastic job, uh, worked their butts off to to make sure that this ran smoothly. But in the long term, I don't think this is something that, that I or my constituents really want to see as a regular occurrence. We're talking with Ben Adams, who is uh, running for the state house in Idaho and won his primary at 100 uh, percent mail in. So let me ask you about that, because in your case, it worked out fine. You won your race by 20 points in a four way race. So you can say, hey, mail in 100 percent mail in was fine by me. I think I think I'm reading from uh, from uh, our, our mutual friend that the co- highest the highest primary turnout since 1980 or maybe 84. So, you know, if you're if you're a uh, mail in balloting pro- uh, proponent, you say, hey, got got a lot bigger turnout um you know people got a chance to be in the system and you know it doesn't doesn't only help uh liberals because look this guy ben adams is a conservative he won so you know what's the um you know what what are your worries and more importantly how can we uh you know think about this in other parts of the country where it would be a bigger threat yeah well i have the privilege of living in a in a more uh, smaller town more rural area and so the uh, accountability for votes is a little easier because the you know voter turnout is going to be a lot lower in a lot of big cities things like that right you're going to see uh you know it, it's a lot the bigger it gets the harder it's, it is to control and make sure everything's going smoothly and historically 
you know, absentee ballots have been those hanging chads, if you will. So Mm -hmm. it's more of an approach of, you know, we want as many people as possible to vote. Um, And so in the future, I'm sure there will be people that opt into this. But having an all absentee ballot where no polling places are open, uh, I take great exception to that. I think you should be able to vote in person. Well, it seems to me it's um, anybody who thinks that there's not an invitation to fraud on mail-in isn't being honest. Now, that doesn't mean that there's, you know, I ran an election board for a couple of years in St. Louis, uh, Missouri, and everything is an invitation to fraud. So you got to run good systems and all. So that's not automatically the problem. Uh, the bigger thing, I think, you know, Ben, and I'll tell you uh, to try to hammer home this point, you know, we don't have a jury trial where we have the jury vote halfway through the case. You know, you, you vote about the guilt or innocence of a, of a matter at the end of a trial when you've seen all the evidence. In an election, you should have to see all the evidence, feel all the evidence, and vote at a certain moment in time. You know, and I'm not... When you're an absentee ballot because you're serving in the military, okay. If you're sick in bed, okay. I get it. On the other hand, you know, th- this idea that a no-fault absentee or mail-in, people are voting two weeks, three weeks, four weeks before when there's lots of things that are happening, lots of impact on uh, decision-making. All right, we're talking with Ben Adams, and let me... Ben Adams for Idaho.com. What's your top two issues in the legislature now? Now you're a new guy. You're in your early 30s. You're a veteran. And here you go into the Idaho legislature. I'm sure you're going to have a ton of power, a rookie guy up there. But what's your what's your top two issues and hopes you take on? Uh, you know, we have a, uh, a real tax issue here. I think I think we've got some great ideas coming down the pipe on how to restructure our tax system here in Idaho. Um, property taxes have been a huge concern in my district and uh, it looks like we will get some temporary relief but uh, not not anything permanent so we're going to have to uh, address that at some point uh, sooner rather than later and then transportation uh, is a big issue as well in in my town we tend to be a, a bottleneck on the highway system uh, and so updating our updating our interstate system to match the traffic that's coming in, you know, with the growth into Idaho is a very, uh, very big issue going on right now in Idaho. Well, it's good, it's good to hear of COVID-19 either. So <laughs> that, yeah. that well. round two doesn't happen is a is a is a high priority. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad you answered in the way you did. If you're getting, if you're, if you're a state rep and you go in and you suddenly want to address global warming or international treaties, you know, you got to get the roads going, get taxes down. So good for you, Ben. The other thing, I'd, a bit of advice I'd say to Ben Adams again, it's Ben Adams for Idaho.com. Check him out. Is do whatever Tammy Nichols says. That's my motto. You know, Tammy Nichols is, usually knows what she's talking about. So thanks for coming on, Ben. Thanks for your service to our country uh, in the uh, Marine Corps and now in the Idaho legislature. We'll keep us on a short uh, email list so we can. Uh, hear what's going on. All right. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks, Ben Adams. We'll take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. And now from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. In a world of growing threats to freedom and our U.S. Constitution, America's very existence is at risk. 
We should demand that all our political candidates this year endorse a comprehensive national security posture that is relevant to the threats posed by nations and groups that are or could be our enemies. Here is a checklist of points that ought to be in that platform. First, renewed adherence to the national security philosophy of President Ronald Reagan, peace through strength. Our security is best assured by having superior military forces, fully trained and equipped, always ready to deter or defeat any adversary. Second, a safe, reliable, effective, and superior nuclear deterrent. This requires continual modernization and testing. Third, preservation of U.S. sovereignty against international treaties and foreign law in our judicial rulings and the abandonment of all the ridiculous proposals to submerge the United States in a North American union or any kind of union with Canada and Mexico. Fourth, adherence to the United States Constitution and complete rejection of Sharia, which is the brutal totalitarian law of Islamic states and which their terrorists are fighting to impose worldwide. Fifth, better protection against terrorists. We cannot depend on our good luck of having terrorists who are incompetent, like the underwear bomber and the Times Square bomber. Sixth, energy independence to reduce and ultimately eliminate our dependence on energy sold to us by our enemies. Seventh, borders that are secure against penetration by terrorists, illegal drugs, and illegal aliens. And eighth, judges who enforce the Constitution as written and do not claim that it is a living Constitution which they can interpret according to their own biases. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. As President Trump fulfills his campaign promises, his accomplishments on trade, immigration, the economy, and protecting the unborn should be celebrated, not ignored or diminished. To track these victories, go to phyllisschlafly.com and find out what's next for the Trump presidency at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening to the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. Hey, big Supreme Court decision this morning. Only one decision this morning, uh, earlier today, and likely none tomorrow. So there'll probably be bunch of decisions next Monday and Tuesday, including an abortion case. So we'll talk tomorrow about this. I haven't read the Supreme Court case. This one, basically, uh, just to summarize it, seven to two, uh, all of the the only two in opposition were the two Obama-Biden appointees, Sotomayor and Kagan. Basically, um, this is, I love this, illegal immigrants don't have habeas corpus rights uh, the same way other people do. That's basically the summary. We'll talk more about it tomorrow. But can you imagine, we have to go to the Supreme Court to decide that non-citizens in America that come to America that jump across the line literally one of the one part of this case was someone who was 25 feet into America or 25 yards into America and got uh, caught and anyway so we'll talk more about that but the bigger thing is we got a couple of big cases next week 
And one big abortion case. It's a Louisiana case. Could be a huge, huge uh, deal, uh, big deal. And so we'll we'll talk more about that tomorrow, too. But let me um, have, have a few minutes of your time to talk about uh, the power of social media. <clears throat> Pardon me. Excuse me. The um, the Facebook situation, you know, Pro- Project Veritas uh, in the last three days has rolled out two more videos. And I think there's more to come basically showing conclusively what a lot of people thought which is that um, the Facebook staff, the Facebook employees, and the Facebook policies are skewed against more conservative positions and against conservative people, uh, you know, politicians and elected officials. And the one whistleblower, the first video that came out, projectveritas.org, I think is the website, or maybe it's projectveritas.com. I'll check while we're talking. But if you go there and see, this guy's name was uh, Zach McElroy. And um, and Zach McElroy um, is a young guy who uh, w- went to work as a content manager, they call it, um, projectveritas.com. And that's the site. And this Zach McElroy discovered in the manual, he has a printed manual that basically kind of indicated how, what preference you should take and it should be against conservative positions. And even in fact, in the McElroy's, there was a place where they, they were basically were exempting Don Lemon from any of the provisions because he was Don Lemon. Sounds a little bit like reverse racism or something to me. But the second Facebook, um, uh, video that came out, basically shows on tape some of the key Facebook sort of middle managers talking about influencing foreign elections and and meddling. Now, here's what I have to say at this point. It really doesn't matter what's what's true, because what is true about Facebook, if they have a way to explain away all of this, it kind of doesn't matter now. What matters is Facebook has the ability, their business model is to is to manipulate people using high tech, high speed, you know, um, uh, psychology and management of, of the people. And they have the ability now to sway elections and sway conduct and shape people and brainwash people. So they have to be regulated in some form. And for it, the kind of the debate is kind of over now, I think. And, you know, whether you extend this to all social media or not, seems like you must. You should. But there just can be no more uh, disputing. It's not just sort of content, uh, you know, content preference. So we lean more liberal. It's control and size and scope of the operation and control. And, you know, over on Twitter, where I'm active on Twitter, at Eagle Ed Martin, you know, they knocked Raheem Kassam off, I mentioned yesterday, for a couple days. He's back on. But they permanently banned Carpe Donctum. Three and a half months before the election, they they permanently banned one of the most creative, most interesting guys. He's a Kansas City man. He's I don't think he was ever politically active. He's not like an operative or an ad maker. He's a guy that believes in sort of the MAGA vision. And he's just creative as can be. And they knocked him off permanently. And a bunch of people, I'm doing it, are over on Parler. I was over on Parler a few months ago, actively a few months ago, probably a year ago I signed up. And they're good folks over there. But right now, it's a smaller group of mostly center-right folks. It's not a big enough group yet. But still, it's good. I I encourage people to go to Parler. I'm all for it. But my bigger point is, just three and a half months before the election, the power of Facebook and Twitter and Google, you know, the recent statistics show that Google, YouTube, and Google search, 92.5% of all search is controlled by Google. Every search it's like Yahoo is like 1% or something. It's just dominant. So wh- what you see when you search is controlled by Google. 
What you see when you search, what you know because of your search, controlled by Google. And a huge amount of power. And again, it looks like it looks like the um, the reality of this is that it's not um, it's no longer in doubt. When you go to ProjectVeritas.com and see these videos, it's um, you know it's not in doubt. It's pretty clear. And you, you at this point, the only question in my mind is if the Democrats win in the fall, they will not do anything about this because it's in their direction. So the, the only hope for stopping this is Republicans. And frankly, I don't even know if I believe the Republicans have the stomach for it because, that you know, the influence of money and power of Facebook and all the others is huge. Google. But that's the only hope. But at this point, you know, we need guys like Senator Hawley and others to rise up and give us the, uh, you know, and, and lead us in terms of what it could be to change this. But it's a huge threat. It's a huge threat. All right. Well, listen, thank you for listening. We've got, we've got another show, one more show tomorrow night. We look forward to that together. Thank you, as always, to Noah, our fearless technical director who keeps everybody going and uh, moving and uh, on pace. We appreciate it. Joanna for helping book our great guests and you for listening. Don't forget, go to Project, excuse me, Pro, ProAmericaReport.com and sign up for uh, my daily email and go to TheAnswerSanDiego.com. Track all our good stuff. We'll talk tomorrow night. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Talk to you then.